Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. 
proudly serving Shell gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Mm. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At Take 5, your oil change is faster than you think. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Kyle Blackburn wrote a really good piece today over at tclub.team, and um, basically I would encourage you to check it out today. The crux of it is that this is the 5-1 football team going to Alabama as a live dog, a real chance to win, one of the first times in a long, long time that we don't have to snow you when we know you. Uh, these guys have a real chance to win Saturday. Meanwhile, our, our fan base kind of like um, is arguing amongst itself, fighting amongst itself. Uh, I want to see a different quarterback, blah, blah, blah. And look, I get all those things. This guy stinks. But what are you going to do? Matt, Kyle, I don't know if you saw Kyle's piece today, Matt, but he, um, and then we'll bring John Adams in. John, good morning to you, brother. How you doing? I'm doing well, Tony. Thanks for asking. Yeah, man, I'm like all over the place here. But Kyle uh, Blackburn, who you've had a chance to interface with, John, in the past, very bright guy, uh, one of our contribs, you know, from time to time. And when he has something to say, he says it. Um. I start the top of the blog with the number 7-1. Joe Milton's record as a starting quarterback the last couple of years. Doesn't feel that way, but it kind of is that way. Here's what Kyle says. And then, we'll, and then Joe Rexford's going to join us, and John Adams has a lot to say. He says, the Vols are 5-1, and one, but is the glass half full or is it half empty? He said, I have no idea. Tennessee football, 5-1 through the 2023 season. It's not quite last year's 6-0 start. Coming off one of the more insignificant wins of all time against Alabama. You have to think, though, this isn't the same team. And rock bottom was only a few years ago. And Tennessee looked primed for a Bob Lee investigative special. Virginia, Austin P. Texas, San Antonio. 
I guess, convincing wins, which was good. There were tough watches through stretches of all three of those games. Do fans feel satisfied by the performance on the field? The trip to the swamp was embarrassing, but says pretty much every trip to the swamp embarrassing. Florida isn't very good. Tennessee was non-competitive. Then Florida went Krogering in Lexington and had all kinds of spills all over many aisles, which left Tennessee fans befuddled. John, this has been a really strange when you look at it. I mean, each season's come in all shapes and sizes, but this has been a really weird year so far, midway through this thing for the Vols. It really has, Tony. The idea that Tennessee has not played a nationally ranked team six games into a season. Wow. That's unheard of. Tennessee is usually, more so than a lot of SEC teams, has played some tough non-conference games in the past. Its SEC schedule has been heavily loaded at times. So to go halfway through the season and not have played a ranked team is pretty unusual. In the second half of the season, it will play three ranked teams, Missouri of all programs, Alabama and Georgia, of course. So you're only asked to do what your schedule demands you do in terms of wins and losses, though. Uh, this doesn't, you say this isn't last te- year's uh, team. Of course it isn't. It's also not last season's SEC, mm. and that's something to keep in mind. Uh, going through last year's SEC, even some weaker teams like Florida had a losing record, but it also had Anthony Richardson, a quarterback, and he passed for over 400 on Tennessee. Tennessee has not faced that caliber quarterback, albeit against South Carolina. Spencer Rattler was that kind of quarterback. No help whatsoever, though, from his teammates. So if all those things together it does make for an unusual season, and I think that contributes to how fans look at it. They can see what's going on the field going on on the field, and they can't be excited about the caliber of play overall. They can be excited about the wins and the record and the fact that Tennessee is still in the running for a championship. So that counts for plenty. And then if you go to Alabama and win, and that's certainly not out of the question Mm -mm. because this isn't a typical Alabama team. So I can see why fans come at this differently. And I think one way, though, that fans look at it is as good as Tennessee has been with a 5-1 and one record and what it's got in he- ahead of it and the opportunities, I think fans are looking at it, and if we just had a little more, little more umph in the passing game, if we could little more, a little better at throwing and catching, this team could be a playoff team. That's not far-fetched. So I think that contributes to su- such a division as to how – fans look at it matt what do you think it is kind of a confusing start to the seat because it's just not what i the way i respond to kyle was none of this year looks the way i thought it was going to look none of it uh well i mean we all we all knew the offense would take a, a step back at, and we all hoped the defense would improve and it's kind of been the extreme on both ends of those um your defense is a lot better than i think anybody kind of realistically expected and your passing game is 
kind of just fallen off um, for a variety of, re- of reasons. Obviously, the quarter starting with the quarterback play, but you know, you're you're five and one, and and you've had some some ups and downs. I mean, you had a just a the the game in Gainesville, kind of kind of like the South Carolina game last year. It's just one game. Um, the teams bounced back from that, and and you know played pretty well since. Um, got a great opportunity that this weekend. I, your season's really going to be defined by the next two weeks, I think. Um, they're both both on the road, and both are, you know. But you're going to be a touchdown favorite over Kentucky, so um, you know you're still, still you're just a halfway point. And a lot of football left, and. The great coaches and the great teams every year are the ones that get better as the season progresses, and um, hopefully this team does that. They've done that the last two years, um, and let's, hopefully they continue to do that this year as well. John said, and this is a real interesting nugget, good, morning. good, good day to you, Brian. John said, and this is a very interesting uh, nugget here from Goldbrick. Goldbrick, Joe reminded me that Alabama will start and play, and he rotates because he gets in trouble, but a freshman left tackle. And they have an ineffective veteran that the kid's been rotating with, and that's why they've been giving up a million sacks a game. Goldberg reminded me, ironically, Tennessee has faced freshman tackles in each of their last two SEC games and has lived in opponents' backfields, South Carolina, and then last week with Texas A&M. John, that speaks to the league in 2023. You never see that in this league, John. You're not supposed to. And you're you're seeing three games in a row, John, three games in a row. I know. South Carolina, Texas A&M, and now Alabama all have freshman starters at tackle. Welcome uh, to the portal era. Well, that's a great point, man. Welcome and, to and the usually, portal. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, freshmen usually with they when they start, it's usually a running back or a receiver or somebody on defense, not at tackle, not at quarterback. I think when you when you look at this season, one it kind of reminded me of is the 2007 Tennessee team ended up winning ten games and played. And for the SEC championship against a future national champion in LSU, lost by seven points. That team was four and three, and uh, finished strong. As as you guys said, it got better as the season went along. That's important. We see that with Tennessee. It's gotten much better in the offensive line. The return of Cooper Mays had a lot to do that. Its pass rush started out good. Its defense started out pretty good against weaker opponents, but it's clearly getting better. Uh, The running game has gotten better. The running backs are breaking more tackles. The only areas, though, are in the passing game where the receiving core has has not been what you would hope for and certainly not expect in a Josh with the Josh Heupel team. And, of course, the quarterback play that we pretty much picked to pieces. But it's hard to think. When I look at SEC uh, schedules and preseason and teams and try to evaluate, I always look at teams and say, what about if the defenses are really good and you just can't run the ball? Because everybody would like to run the ball. Does that team have the passing components to win? 
And I look at this team right now, and I don't think it can. That doesn't mean it won't. I know. And, and particularly when I look at what's going on. Look beyond Alabama. Uh, Georgia is not as good as it was at winning the past two national championships. And it lost the player I think is the best player in the country in Brock Bowers at tight end. Everything revolves around him with that offense. He demands double coverage. He's the man that the quarterback Carson Beck looks for in a pinch. Great hands, great speed, breaks tackles. He's everything you want in a football player. So Georgia won't have him against Tennessee at home. So, gosh, how could uh, – and, and Matt points out, Georgia doesn't beat Auburn. Doesn't beat Auburn, which is the bottom of, at the bottom near the bottom of the SEC West without Brock Bowers. Well, that gives Tennessee a real shot, and that's why you can look at the rest of this season – in two different ways. John, I've got a buddy who graduated from uh, Georgia. His daughter graduated from Georgia. He lives here. We were talking. He was down there a couple weeks ago. He said, Tony, you guys are going to get us. This is him. You guys are going to beat us in the old stadium. He said, our team's not going to handle that well without Bowers. He said, I know that the line's not going to say that. Vegas isn't going to say that. Nobody's going to say that. He said, I do not. And he's generally pretty right about his dogs. He said, I, I just don't like us. He's one of these guys that has a pretty good feel for it. Uh, he said, I do not like us a little bit in that ball game, in that stadium. We'll come back. Joe Rexford's going to join us with The Athletic. He wrote a piece about how the Vols right now are – it, it, it's kind of like Kyle's thing. It, it's like, it's just really odd, but yet it shows growth. It shows growth of Josh Heupel. Rex Road cites that Heupel came into Saturday with a 50-8 and eight record as a head coach. Tennessee and Central Florida, it's pretty good, 50-8. and eight. Wow. His teams have scored 30 or more points. When they do score 30 or more, they're fit, they were 50 and 8. 0 and 9 when failing to hit 30. 0 and 9 when failing to hit 30. So 50 and 17 overall. 50 and 8 would have been nice. Oh, well. You, you, we, we all can dream. That's Tony B getting lost in the details after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. 
This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931 931- That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett & Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. 
Hey gang, Carl Wayne Meekins here. I want you guys to come out and see us live on Veterans Day, 11-11-23, 7 p.m. Guitar and Cadillac Hall that sits right on top of Puckett's in Columbia, Tennessee. Got a huge lineup for you. We've got Troy Kemp, Katrina Burgoyne, myself and my band, and then the legend Jimmy Wayne's going to come in for a few songs. Going to be a big night in Columbia, and Columbia ain't going to be the same. Okay, so get your tickets at eventbrite.com, the Guitar and Cadillacs, Carl Wayne Meekins. We'll see you there. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you. It is your Thursday edition, often imitated, never duplicated, whatever I'm trying to say. It's like whatever you write on your pizza box, that's what I'm trying to say. In my own Paisan way. He's presented uh, on our TLD Logistics Hotline. Ladies and gentlemen, you bow your head when you say thy name. It's a John Adams Thursday. Joe Rexroad is here. These two OGs that have been doing this for a long, long time. Uh, they both share a uh, correspondent. Uh, they both share a, a correspondent um, uh, together, but we, we won't get into that. Joe Rexroad, uh Buenos dias to you, my amigo. Hope you're doing well, and I uh, hope all things are well at the Athletic, my friend. You're doing great work there, brother. Hey, Tony, I, I appreciate that. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, having a great day, and really pumped about uh, really pumped about heading to Tuscaloosa this weekend. I have no idea what what we're going to see in this one. No, and this Tennessee team this season, this whole deal. You wrote about it. You wrote about it. Heupel came in with a 50-8 and record as a head coach at Tennessee and Central Florida when his team scored 30 or more, but he was 0-9 when uh, failing to hit 30. And he was asked earlier in the week uh, by a member of the media, are you going to basically, are you going to start kicking field goals? Joe, you think this guy changes his stripes? Can can a leopard change his stripes? Well, look, I, I think that a good coach reacts to different information and reacts to different roster realities and all that. I, I got to say, I mean, even like Heifel's sort of demeanor and comments after the, the, the win, after the game against Texas a he was kind of like, well, that was different, but I'll take it, you know I mean? <laughs> so... I, I do. I think he absolutely think about like the Virginia game and the aggression right away, right? That he, which is what we're used to seeing. I mean, it, was, it was boom, 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 no, 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 fourth down, let's go, go, go. And look, Virginia's a bad team, obviously. But, and you, you think about it now, I, I think he's much more cautious. And I think a lot of that is just a lack of faith that, you know, that there's going to be execution from this offense. But also, there's some faith in a defense that, to me, is really turning into something very good. Uh, so, you know, it's a different kind of team. It's just what it is. So, you know, I think that if you, as a coach, if you're like, I'm this kind of coach, and you just are you're going to hold on to that despite the information that keeps coming in about all aspects of your team, I think that's a mistake. You know, I think you have to, um, I think you have to adjust some. Now, look, I could have made a case that you could have should have maybe gone. On one or you know, I mean, you could make a case. Any of those things that don't work out, it's always like, well, you should have done the other thing, right? But I, I can't really blame him for being cautious right now, given what this offense is going through. 
No, and, and we talk so much about, you know, Milton. Um, back in the summer, you were on me a couple times and what he was going to be and what he wasn't going to be. And I'm just kind of done projecting with him, uh, Joe. He's, to me, till I see otherwise, he's, he's almost a borderline liability when he's throwing the ball right now. No offense to him. No, look, man, I, I can't, I mean, I can't argue. You, you can't turn it over, and that's the thing. Like, the, the pick, even like the pick against South Carolina, I think that was an example of why we see so little of the passing game utilize the middle of the field. But also, like, talking to people, you know, who know a lot more than me about football, it's kind of like that was a really well-disguised, you know, switch after the snap from two to three. They closed the middle of the field. The quarterbacks get get got sometimes by that. Well, like that red zone pick the other day. I what are you? I can't. I, there's just no way to explain or excuse it. And it just and it's a killer. And in a game like that, it could have been, it could have been the difference. Um, so I'm with you. I still think, obviously, like you said, Tony. We talked before the season, and I'm looking at the Clemson game like, okay, that's a that's a encouraging kind of starting point. Uh, and then can you build from there? And as it turns out, that's, from what I've seen, the best he can play. And it's just not good enough to, uh, you know, do the thing, first of all, to run this offense at a high level and probably to win a championship. Uh, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic, though, because I still absolutely think Joe Milton is a very important, strong leader of this team. Um, I think, you know, I think that, like, he, he he's important, and I still think he can get it done and play better certainly than he played last game but yeah look i can't sit here and say here comes the 300 yard highly efficient ball all over the field the ball's out you know guy that that nfl prospects are, are gonna like i think he's hurt himself a lot in that way and i think at, at some point we may see uh, you know a, a a a move to nico um if there's some losing ahead and especially if there's losing that's directly tied to his performance. Joe Rex wrote on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Back to our phones. Uh, back to uh, John Adams we go, I should say, who's with us on a Thursday. Uh, John, jump in here with Joe. Yeah, I've got a phone right here too, Tony, so you, in a way it is back to the phone. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Joe, I, through the years, um, decades uh, of covering college football, I haven't known too many coaches who thought going in season, man, it'd be great to make a quarterback switch midway. <laughs> Boy, I hope I have that opportunity. I've known a few who didn't mind it. Uh, Steve Spurry wouldn't hesitate doing doing it. Bobby Bowden didn't hesitate. And, of course, everybody knows that a few years back, a national championship Clemson team uh, didn't mind doing it with Dabo Sweeney when he p- replaced Kelly Bryant with Trevor Lawrence, and it worked out beautifully. But is that kind of your experience is just the, the nature of the position? You mentioned Joe Milton's leadership. Have you known many coaches that want to make a quarterback exchange? No, that's a great point. Great to hear your voice, too, by the way, John. Um, Get no, you, Joe. You're, you're right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, obviously there's different situations. Sometimes you have those, you have like the battle that has to go into the season, right, and stuff like that. Uh, so then it's a little bit different. But, yeah, especially not when you have the senior who is the clear starter and a guy who, look, I mean, if you're Josh Heupel, 
you also, I mean, you have to have appreciation for Joe Milton. You actually had a legitimate backup quarterback last year because he stuck it out uh, when I would I assumed he would go somewhere else. And so he stuck it out, worked, and he's done all the things you've asked him to do. He's a leader, all that stuff. He's a six-year senior. This is this should be his year. So I think there's art. There's going to be even more hesitance because of that. And then the alternative is, although a very talented freshman, a freshman, a skinny freshman, you know, skinny. So yeah. So I'm with you. I mean, it's no, not not at all. And I and I think you know, I think it's put off as long as it can be put off, and maybe it doesn't happen, but. Um, I do. I do feel like maybe the physical readiness of of Nico is a big thing here. If it gets to that, you know, because on one hand you want to protect him, you don't want to throw him up before he's ready. On the other hand, if it gets to the point where you're out of the SEC East race, I could make a case that okay, so you're going to go to this bowl or that bowl, but maybe you do get a little bit of a head start on next season if you get some live game reps. And that's the weird thing about the year, right? Um, John was making a point a second ago, Joe, before you came on. And the whole the whole season in the league is just really strange. It's strange to see Alabama among the tops in sacks allowed. And they're also getting heavily penalized uh, in their offensive line. It's really weird to think that Tennessee's played half their games and they've yet to play a ranked opponent. I mean, you, you almost can't can't make that up but that's just kind of the season it's been and it's just been a really odd year in fact we were talking before we got came on to show you the kind of year it is in the league and i want you to respond to this like what is your reaction to this when i share this with you so the tidbit of the day comes from gold brick joe and it's this alabama's got a freshman left tackle we know and they rotate him with a veteran they, and both those guys have been pretty ineffective to the tune of Alabama, um, 129 and 132 teams in college football. They're 129 in sacks allowed. That's crazy. That just seems like science fiction. Well, another thing that's kind of insane is Tennessee saw a freshman tackle against South Carolina, ate him alive, saw a freshman tackle against uh, Texas A&M, uh, ate him for a mid-afternoon snack, that is bizarre in the Southeastern Conference that every all these teams are starting freshmen at critical positions, especially tackle. That's a great point, and it's also you know it's also a bad year for quarterbacks in this league in general. But but yeah, I mean, and look with Alabama, sometimes you know you you got a freshman and it's it's a ridiculously talented freshman, but. But especially at that position, offensive line, so rarely do you see a true freshman coming in like, oh, got that handled, put put that guy on an island and, and all is well against SEC pass rushers. So it is it is uh, very interesting. I mean, Alabama has had, I'd say, you know, offensive line struggles in general that have been a little bit surprising, you know, the last couple of years. But obviously last year they had a guy who had eyes in the back of his head, and so I think he minimized some of those issues. But – it, it, like, how does that happen for a program that recruits at that level that you don't have the third-year sophomore at least ready to step in when you lose someone? But, you know, the reality is, I guess for all these rosters, um, you know, you have holes and you have people looking to get their opportunities as quickly as possible, and so maybe that's part of it. Joe, I, I sometimes wonder when I look at these uh, SEC depth charts and I see the weights on these guys, 
The offensive linemen keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Alabama's a great example of that. Georgia's pretty pretty big, too. I'm wondering if maybe these guys are too big because it just seems to be rampant through this league where you watched A&M play. I mean, you would think A&M would have a good offensive line the way it recruits. You would think Alabama would. Georgia's offensive line is not as good as it was supposed to be. Is there a chance that maybe these guys are the this pure size of these guys that they just can't move as well as they need to? I mean, it, it's an interesting point, and you know, I mean, look at the NFL. I mean, if you go through the NFL, thirty-two teams. I I, I bet you, like, let's say, like talk radio in NFL cities, there might be six where they're not complaining constantly about the offensive line play. You know. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> And and some of that is like early in the season, and offensive lines typically like they need that time to gel and all that stuff. But maybe may I mean you know even I mean it is when you watch a guy like James Pierce Jr. You know, and it's like boy, you you might be better off maybe like a two hundred sixty pound guy who can move against that guy. You know, but but at the same time, John, it's also with so many of these guys. You know, you're six seven, three twenty, and you're still ridiculously athletic. Like Taylor Lewan here, for example. I mean, he was three, well into the threes, and now that he's out of football, he looks like a slot receiver. But you know, I mean, if it's the right kind of weight, then it's it's uh, it's effective. But it does feel like there's a lot of D linemen running right past O linemen. It is funny how those guys shrink once they get off the vitamins. By the way, I want to brag yeah, on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I want to brag on Joe Rexroad for a second because he had one of the great lines. I, Joe, I'm kind of jealous of this. You're right. Texas A&M has the Jimmys and Joes. Sometimes the Jimmys and Joes can't overcome the Jimbos. That's a freaking great line. That is a great line. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to say it's buried in the middle of a game story, but that's pretty damn good there, uh, Joe, in a piece of analysis there. So, kudos to you. What about the league? You know, I'm I'm thinking uh, about the fact that it's tantalizing as as somebody that does this in Tennessee to consider what this fan base could be like come 7 Eastern time. Tennessee goes down there, gets a W against a very beatable Alabama team. These guys are very – for the first time in my in, in, in recent years, you can honestly look at people and go, you can go win that game and it not be, you know, wish casting. So, right. that said, I'm thinking about the Georgia Bulldogs down the line, right? You've got them in your building. You can almost, as a Tennessee fan, if you prove you can win down there at Tuscaloosa, you then in your mind will think, we're going to go to Kentucky and win. We're going to go to Missouri and win. You're going to think that. You almost could, out of nowhere, kind of like last year, have a shot to get in the thing nationally. You could almost enter. Hey, my Phillies are showing that. You get hot. You get a little healthy. You get a little hot. You start believing. All of a sudden, it starts feeding off itself. You can almost start to magically think, this is huge Saturday, isn't it? Isn't it a great opportunity for that reason? Oh, no doubt. And it's, a, it's such a huge difference in outcomes 
for, from this game because, I mean, we just saw Kentucky against Missouri at home. Kentucky's not good. And Tennessee doesn't lose to Kentucky, so I know, I know that that's like someone will probably tell me to shut up. But, I mean, like that's, you know, I, I like Tennessee. And, you know, Missouri, it's been a heck of a story. And that is an impressive win to me to go to their place and do what they did. But, I, you know, they, they still, if you look at that team all year, um, there's still plenty of flaws. So, yeah, you win this game, which to me would be, I mean, it's just a huge deal if you can beat that coach and that program two years in a row. Go beat them in their place when they remember well last year. A lot of those guys are on that team from last year with the cigar smoke all around them as they trudge out the field. So that alone is huge, but then I'm with you, Tony. And and frankly, I've watched a lot of Georgia this year. Now, you take out one of the best players in the game, and certainly I think they can be limited. Now, I I, I could definitely see him find a way back to the field for that game, but I I don't think that they're – I really don't think they are Georgia of the last two years. And I think in Neyland, in a game like that, could be very, very interesting. But the hard part is getting to that, and that's this game. And, I again, I just – you're right. This is not wish casting that the Vols can go win that game. They absolutely can go win that game. Um, I just – I'm really curious what we're going to see because we've seen this team in one hostile environment, and we know it's the nightmare of all environments for this program historically, but it was not good. How much better are they? They couldn't even really run the ball in that game, and they certainly couldn't tackle anyone. So are they going to bring the same level of execution and intensity on the road with them? Hey, Matt Dixon, you're working on your gamer for our website over at tclub.team tomorrow as Joe Rexrode joins us. Do you get a sense that Tennessee will function better on the road as you prepare for this one, Matt, and look looking at this matchup? Well, I, they'll definitely play better than they did in Gainesville. Um, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious about the crowd because Tennessee's really not played a, a kind of a toss, a game of, that matters at Alabama where like Tennessee's a threat to them. So I'm really curious what the crowd's going to be like after last year. I imagine it'll be pretty hostile. So I think Tennessee might struggle there. Um, but you know, I, it's just a, a, a fun game. I mean, it's, you know, it's the birthright week, and it, I, there's just so much intrigue with how different the teams are that I, I'm just really excited to watch it more than anything. It is a birthright week. Joe, that's a really good point Matt brings up about the crowd in terms of I think Tennessee's going to get their best. I, I think that's going to be like a Saban's last stand deal. Those people do not want to lose their second home game. Look, if if Tennessee beats them, two things have happened. You've lost two home games in your building, which means you're an average program. At that point, you're losing your elite status because you don't lose at home. That's you know Tennessee right now is on this home winning streak. That's the stuff that great teams do. You don't go into a great team or a building team or a team that's got these high-level aspirations year in and year out. You don't lose two games in your building in one season. That's that's one thing. Plus, plus, I look at this thing and I say, can I trust Joe Milton in this spot to not do goofy things? And I mean goofy things. I'm talking about running out of bounds short of the sticks, throwing in the double coverage, throwing balls up in the air, just not running when he should be running, just not playing winning football. I mean, I hate to put it. 
to put it in those terms, but he was like, he played completely losing football against Florida. No offense to him. Can we trust him here, Joe? What do you think? Yeah, look, I, I, can't, I mean, look, my, I, I would, I've always had, I guess I'd say probably an optimistic opinion of him, just in terms of, uh, obviously he has a ton of talent, ton of physical ability, and I think, you know, like people like him, people follow him, he's a leader, so I, I always feel like that should mean something. But I just, the lack of headiness on the field, I think, is, is I mean, everything you just said there. You know, you, you get out of there and they, they throw the flag, you get a free play, but, I mean, you you got to run past the sticks. I mean, two years ago, you have to throw the ball in the last play of the game. You know, like you have to throw the ball. You don't run out of bounds. You have to know how many seconds are left on the clock. There's just a lot of stuff like that with him that um, is just – it seems to come up too often. So I, I'm not saying there's no – I mean, I, I think that this team can win a game – with him at quarterback, he can win this game. With him at quarterback, he can win a lot of games with him at quarterback. Agreed. He has to be, you know, he has to be a game manager. Well, to me, though, he also needs to, like, utilize. They don't trust him in the middle of the field. I think that's obvious. Or mm-hmm. he, and or he doesn't trust usually utilizing that part of the field. I mean, you got to hit some shots. And you know what? If you're throwing picks because you're throwing arm punts, but it's a, a credible shot downfield, that forces them to know that you're going to do it and I think helps your run game, then do that. I mean, look, the guy does have some ability on those. And even like the Florida game, you know what I mean? He threw a couple passes again that were tremendous. Incredible. Freaking credible. Yep. Yeah. Go, go to those. And, and But, yeah, just I would even maybe use him in the run game a little bit more in terms of designing some of it because – in the pocket, I mean, of all the differences between Hendon Hooker and Joe Milton, there are massive ones. But Hendon Hooker had a great feel in the pocket, great escapability, and he knew when to go. And as you said, Milton, when that starts to close in on him, he's pretty much getting sacked. Um, but I would try to maybe get him out of that a little bit and just use him as a run threat. Because when he does get some momentum going, he's a force. You saw him just completely steamroll a safety for Texas A&M the other day. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of that, too, but... Trust him. I mean, I, I think I think he can do enough, but you obviously don't want to ask him to do too much because then he probably makes too many mistakes. And that's just such a confusion. You guys think about the drop off in this league. Look, and I'm not picking at these two guys, but look at Milrow and Milton compared to the two guys last year. That was yeah. maestro level stuff that we saw from both guys last year. It was like college football Hall of Fame uh, quarterbacking 101. It was a clinic from both guys. Uh, Hooker was at the absolute height of his powers last year. It gives me chills thinking about the way they just picked on that safety and just went nutso uh, and stuff that doesn't happen. And, and, and that scene in Nealon Stadium and the show we had afterwards, and I was talking to a friend of mine, who was listening to a playback of our uh, Garza Law uh, postgame show after last year, and he said, Tony, people are calling and crying, evoking their <laughs> relatives. and I mean, it means everything. It just means everything. And then the game that Bryce Young played to keep Alabama in that game. But, Joe, you mentioned this earlier. And, John, this is a great point. If you're going to win on the road, you've got to feel some of these things. 
You've got to feel when you're being chased from the backside. You can't turn balls over. You can't cough balls up. And, and I, it's so tantalizing because it's in our hands. But yet I just, I, my brain will not let me believe in Joe Milton on the road, John. That's the problem I'm having right now. I know, but when you when you look at the game, you can't just focus on Joe Milton. You have to focus on the quarterback play overall. And let's not forget how Alabama lost its suffered its other loss. It was at home, and it was against Texas, and it came down to Joe um, to Milrow mm-hmm. making mistakes, uh, interceptions. Uh, Texas turned that into a ten point win. So. You have to look at Jalen Milrow, too. He's not your typical Alabama quarterback. Got to go way back to think of somebody that's kind of like him, more of a runner uh, than he than he is anything else. Although the oddity is he can hit the deep ball. He's got a really nice touch Beard. on deep throws. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Beard. he just, uh, you know, uh, Joe Milton could study him and learn something on the deep throws because he just puts it out there, lets guys run under it. It's a really nice touch, easily caught ball, and uh, unless you're some Tennessee's receivers. But, uh, Don, you're, yes. <laughs> you're, ta- you're talking about a sixth-year quarterback to study somebody. Well, you're, you're never too old to learn, Brian. That's how I live my life, Brian. You're never too old to learn something new. That's right. There you go, John. <laughs> We're always still learning. Hey, we are, man. That's and and, and here's, here's the other thing, though. A thought occurred to me this week. John mentioned what he mentioned. Joe, in a lot of ways, you go back to the preseason. You were on here, a different conversation we had about Milton and what an interesting guy he is. That's the kind of season I thought he was going to have. Every once in a while, a chuck and duck, hit a long pass, be a little dynamic, be erratic on your intermediate throws, throw throw balls behind guys and dirt balls and things, just things you can live with like Milrow does. But when you're connecting, Alabama's got this big play capability with their passing game this year. And I'll tell you another thing, that's a scary thing for me this weekend because I still don't trust our secondary. I know, Joe, what Pro Football Hocus Focus says and what folks like you write, and we're supposedly better and this, that, and the other because the analytics say we are. Hey, I'm, I'm convinced this guy's going to hit some big pass plays over our secondary because they're going to get caught looking in because I've seen these guys. That's who they are. They're not going to change. Yeah. Well, that's a huge key to me too, right, because I'm, I'm with you. I mean, uh, I, you can get a lot of three and outs with Jalen Milrow at quarterback, but then I agree he has a, just a beautiful deep ball. He'll hit those big, he'll hit the big pass play, hit the big run play. You know, and that's the thing. How many, how many of those can you absorb if you're Tennessee and still win? And I'm with you. I, I think, you know, I think some of the Tennessee secondary. First of all, they haven't been good in a while, and then you have the Florida game when it's just like Keystone Cops, right? And so, I mean, I was down on them too. Everybody was, but I, I, look, I think that for the most part, it's a solid, especially with Slaughter in at cornerback. And I think Kamal Haddon has, has responded pretty well. They're they're solid. Now, does that mean that they're not going to give up any big plays in this game? No, but you just have to limit that. You have to limit those. And, and really, rushing Milrow in this game is huge too, mm. because this is one of those you have to maintain the cylinder rushing attacks. As you know, Texas A&M just go hit Max Johnson all you want, but 
Milrow will make you pay. He is he is very good uh, at finding a lane, and then he's gone. So that's an interesting part of this too: is rushing him but keeping him inside the pocket. Um, but look, I I mean it's it, it's going to be a huge, and that's that's another thing where it's just so hard to know with the balls. They played one game. I do think the crowd will be really good. I think that last year matters in that. I think it'll be a good atmosphere. It's not as good an atmosphere as Neyland is, in my opinion. Mm. I'd like to hear John's thoughts on that, but I don't think it is uh, from what I've seen. Uh, but it can still be very good. And so, you know, how much of a factor is that? But, you know, we just haven't seen this. This defense has to try to function now how it functions in Neyland. How much does the energy from that crowd matter to this defense, and what does it mean when it doesn't have that anymore? Hey, yeah, Joe, I think uh, Nealon is probably as good a home field advantage as you have in college football right now. Uh, yeah. But I always have thought Alabama's fan base was in the upper echelon. It just didn't have to prove itself. It wasn't as though Alabama needed uh, a rousing stadium full of passionate fans it had that but they were kind of subdued why because they always win and they often win comfortably the same way with georgia the past two seasons but i go back to last season in athens when georgia's fan base really rose to the occasion in that game because they felt threatened by tennessee and that was as loud as i've ever heard sanford stadium i think you will get the same kind of response uh from alabama fans uh, this Saturday, and I can remember in games past, ever since Nick Saban has been there, there were two times Tennessee had a shot at winning at Bryant-Denny, once under Lane Kiffin in 2009, and then again in, uh, under Butch Jones, and I guess it was uh, 2015. 15, uh, I think, yeah, like a yeah. 15 to 19. Yeah, right? and both, and it, yeah. but the crowd, you could see the way the crowd changed. Mm. I, it, it was all of a sudden as Alabama said, okay, the fans said, we got to help out here. We're our backs to the wall here. We could actually lose this game. And, and they really responded. I just think you would get that kind of response from the get go because keep in mind for all the Alabama's troubles, it's still playing for a national championship. There's no doubt, John. That's the crazy yeah. thing about it. They flat out stink in spots. They're a nine and three football team. If 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 we let them beat us, well, let us. If they beat Tennessee Saturday, uh, they're going to work on an eleven and one season. That's what's happening with them. Now they still have LSU to go, and they've got that crazy Auburn game at the end of the year. But somehow they're skating. They've been skating. That Arkansas game last week was just a skate job by them. Just kind of skate on through. You guys are right, man. I mean, there are reasons to look at Alabama and go, they're not trustworthy either. This Milrow guy, like you said, Joe, he is highly capable of imploding Saturday, highly capable of it. Right. I mean, he's you know he's not efficient and not consistent. No. And he, and he can make a mistake. He's The difference between him and Milton is that, uh, as John said, he throws a better deep ball. Yeah. And also, to me, the big thing is like he does have some – feel to get out of there he gets sacked he a lot feels too. it yeah as, as we said he gets sacked a right. ton but at least he's a threat and when he gets out then you're really in trouble and that, with milton you know it's just not that big of a concern whereas hooker was so good at you know, getting you six eight ten yards uh turning a sack into that you know and milton just doesn't do that well the other thing i'm really sure of guys this is going to be the first opponent that's going to play tennessee 
2023 offense instead of their 2022 offense. Nick Saban will not let them run for 230 yards. He's going to put more men in that box, and he's going to force Tennessee to throw that ball downfield, I believe. You've got to give Jimbo Fisher a lot of credit and his staff last week because they sat there and literally took it. They took it like Aggies. I mean, they just sat there and let – they never, never, ever – Matt and I were talking here. They never put more guys in the box. They didn't try anything different. They just said, okay, well, you're going to run the and, ball. Go run it at us. Have fun, guys. And then there, excuse me, Tony, but then the, the run game was uh, Texas A&M offense was the same way. They just didn't change anything. Uh-huh. And now in the middle of this week, Jimbo Fisher's casting aspersions on Bobby Petrino. We need to score more, Jeff. Petrito's the kind of guy he might just say, see ya. We need to score more, he said, Joe. Oh, Bobby needs to stay off of Harley yeah. this week. This, this might be the actual eat the buyout year, huh? I think it might be. I do, too. It's wacko in the year, though. You've What do you make of this guy over at South Carolina breaking his foot on a trash can? Is that If you're a fan... Uh, Joe Joe Rex wrote of the athletics. Does that make you feel better or does that make you feel worse? I mean, at least the guy cares enough to, you know, kick something. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of the stuff he does when they're winning, it's endearing. And it's like, oh, yeah, I love, I love that passion. You're, you're racing your players and you're just doing all the weird sunglasses. And then when you have a season like this, it's like, this goober, what is, what is he doing? What is he doing? Well, it's so, kind of like know. Dabo Swinney on, really, on the same day. Swinney did that deal where he went on his coach show and said, we need to lose a few more games. Lighten the bandwagon here. These guys are, like, losing their minds, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not a, it's not a long years. way from passionate to goofy. Yeah, or <laughs> passion to insanity, really. You, that's right. Do you really believe that story? Because I think that's a ploy to get fans to feel sorry for him or have, you know, so he stays off the hot seat. Not a bad thought, Brian. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've known coaches I, I who would have done that. <laughs> well, if you think I'm getting death foot, threats, man. that kind of thing. Bless yeah. his heart. Bless his heart. Yeah, bless his heart, as we say in the South, before we rip you. Joe Rexrode, no ripping here for you, my friend. You are the athletic. Continue to do the great work you're doing. Um, make the pitch for me in terms of the athletic. I love the athletic. And on the way out, uh, my good friend, what happened Saturday? What do you think? Well, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. You know, uh, theathletic.com. And, you know, I try, uh, try to write about the balls. I, I write about the balls, Titans, Preds, you know, Vanderbilt. But, um, you know, we got a lot of good stuff there over at the Athletic. And then, uh, man, you know, it's hard for me to pick Tennessee. I just, I just feel like there's one more big play from Alabama that Tennessee can handle and maybe one turnover that really hurts. But I think it's a very good game. I think it's like 24-20 Alabama, mm. you know, not a, not an especially high-scoring game. Lots of three and outs and sacks and stops. But ultimately, I'm with you. I think Saban is going to do a better job than A&M did against the run game. And I just think that the, a quarterback making a big play, one more on the other side from Tennessee. By the way, we were, Brian and I were talking the other day. Can you imagine that that Michigan-Michigan State game is taking place with that line? It's like four and a half scores, Joe. 
Yeah, I know you were there for a while. That's <laughs> yeah. is that insane or is that insane? It's, yeah, it is. But Michigan is really good. Michigan State is obviously a a disaster. But the thing I can't believe is that they're playing that game at night after last year. They cannot have that game at night with those fan bases. But they are the TV rules. So meaning what? What do you what do you mean by that? Well, just the nastiness of that game. I mean, it's, it's the thing that people don't understand is like Michigan yeah. Ohio State is the is the is the red letter rivalry. The hatred is so much stronger with Michigan Michigan State. You know, in state things are hard to replicate. You know, and last year it's just the fans. It, we were we were talking Tony about the NFL fans. Michigan Michigan State games can get like that, and so I don't. They should never have that on prime time. But they used to never have it. Until the last few years, but now they're doing it. I just feel after last year, the fight in the tunnel. Oh, that's right. The assault in the tunnel. That's right. Didn't a player get charged with something? Yeah, yeah. Michigan State player got charged. I mean, he's swinging his helmet at guys. And, you know, it's, it, and it trickles into the fans, too. So. so, you know, it's not just the SEC where the fans get a little bit wild. Well, we're going to do our, our, our uh, Winners and Losers uh, podcast tonight, uh, presented by our friends at Miller Lite, and one of the things, you know, in those games, when I see a lot of points in one of those rivalry games, that scares me. I, I don't know that I would bet on, like, a Michigan to cover, Joe. That's a lot, a lot of, what is it, like 31? That's a lot of points. Yeah, I'm with that. I'd probably it's 24 and a half. 24 and a half. Okay, I'm sorry. I'd, I'd probably stay away from it because it's in East Lansing, but I, but, I mean, at the same time, if you tell me Michigan by 40, I'll believe you. I think they have the best team in the country. And postscript, John and I were talking last night. I'm kind of convinced that either Oklahoma, Texas, or combination of the two, I think they're among the top two teams in the Southeastern Conference right now, even though they're not here. Yeah, they're they're very good. Yeah, they they are. I'm I'm with you on that. So I hope you have a great one, brother. So give him a follow as well. How do they find you over on the X Sphere? At Joe Rexrow. You're the man, brother. Keep it up, and uh, my best to you. And I'm kind of jealous of you. You get to cover all the sports there, including the Preds. I love hockey. I'm glad hockey's back. Everybody has their cross to bear in life. You, when you follow the Titans, have to be feeling, geez, Louise, what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad for them to be off and me going to Tuscaloosa, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. Now, that's some serious honesty there from Joe Rexroad. Because you think Joe Milton's a tough watch, you ought to watch that Titan offense. Because, Brian, that's a tough watch. That Titan offense, you talk about tightened up. That's a tough watch, those guys. John, I don't know know how to feel about this game, guys. I think... uh, I don't know how to feel about... Tony, Joe, and you were mentioning the... Somebody will have might have one turnover too many that there will be some mistakes made. I think in a game of this nature, it's really important uh, that mistakes don't turn into disasters. You can survive a sack, but it's that strip sack where you also fumble and somebody picks it up and runs it in the end zone. And, and we've seen games through the years at Tennessee where that's happened. Uh, I think you have to minimize the impact of those kind of mistakes. I think that could be a, a telling uh, factor in this game. For the first time today, we're going to open it up and go to the phones and check with you, 865-200-5402. What do you think? 
Joe Rexford, John Adams, Matt Dixon. We're looking at this game. It is an absolutely splendid, beautiful rivalry. I, I love it. I want another night like we had. It's right in Tennessee's hands. All that separates the Vols from being alive and well, all that separates the is going down there and beating it. They can't protect their quarterback. This is not. This is not your father's Nick Saban team. It's not. All the all that stands between the Vols and life is there life out there, Reba McIntyre? Is there life out there? We're going to come back on the other side and continue after this. It's a beautiful hour, too. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 
808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I'm a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Columbia. Take 5 is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. Visit their newest location at 1203 South James Campbell Boulevard and take advantage of their $15 off grand opening special. That's right, $15 off any oil change, Columbia. Take 5, the stay in your car 10-minute oil change. They're faster than you think. Join the Columbia Noon Rotary Club on Saturday, November 11th for Pancake Day. This long-standing event has been serving the best pancakes in town since 1959. Eat in or carry out. Your ticket includes pancakes, sausage, and your choice of beverage. Pancake Day will be held from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Memorial Building on West 7th Street. Tickets can be purchased at the door or from any Noon Rotary member and the cost is $10 each or 3 for $25. Children 6 and under eat free. Proceeds from Pancake Day benefit several Rotary community projects including scholarships for local students. See you November 11th. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Lines be wide open for you. If you want to jump in, it's a Thursday. The great John Adams is alongside. Joe Rexrode of the Athletic was excellent as I knew he would be. His line about the Jimmies and Joes and the Jimmies and Joes not being able to overcome the Jimbos, I'm kind of jealous of. Because um, you got to really, you got to really appreciate Jimbo Fisher and some of the nutty coaching that's going on in this league. I had a, I had a vision last night, out of the corner of my eye. Does that happen often? I'm a person. I'm a person of vision. Yeah. Okay. I had a vision uh, out of the corner of my eye last night. I want to see if you guys will entertain me here. Does Joe Milton have a Josh Dobbs 2015 Gainesville in him? And, and here's the reason I ask. Yesterday, Watson Brown on here said, you know, there's a reality about the Southeastern Conference, the teams that are vying for these championships. You don't behave the same way. In the South Carolina game, as a quarterback, that you behave when you're playing Alabama down there. He said, he said, and really, it happens late in games when you're playing like the lesser teams. Late in the fourth quarter, you're going to sell out and try to get a first down in a game if you're a competitor. He said, when you play these out this game and you're Tennessee's quarterback, you're going that way the whole time. The whole time, these guys will not give up on plays. That's what's so great about these games, Sean. And if you stop and think about that, you know, one of the most criminal things I've ever seen here in the time I've been here is the way that Butchie Boy, Bocchie Boy, mismanaged that game when Josh Dobbs 
who should be remembered by our fan base the same way Hooker is. He really should be, and he's not. He, I don't know that I've ever seen a guy sell out like that in a football game down there in 2015. And, and the vision occurred to me, and I want to ask you guys this. Does Milton have one of those in him? He's heard the criticism. He, he knows that a lot of our fan base wants him replaced. Matt, can you imagine if Joe Milton gets, I don't know, angry? We haven't seen him do that. We saw him show a little fire the other day when he taunted that guy. Unfortunately for him, he threw an intercept. He ran a guy over, showed some, like, chutzpah, some life to him, some whatever, and, and little vinegar. But, of course, he threw an interception on the next play. Matt, does he have it in him? Could he conjure it up? And what would happen if he did conjure it up, Matt, if he just went out there and was all of a sudden channeling his inner Josh Dobbs, 2015 Alabama? Um, and, and Dobbs did that in Gainesville, maybe even more than in Tuscaloosa, but yes, the same, same kind of deal, same kind of I mean, robbery. Gainesville. Gainesville if, yeah. if, if Milton does that, it, it would be like what Zach Calzada did for, for A&M a few years ago. Um I mean, Stephen Garcia had that career game against Bama. Granted, that was at home at South Carolina. I think that was 2010. Um, so, I mean, it, it's possible. And, there's, and, you know, that's the thing with Milton. There's always that enough talent there that, that you could have, that, have it come together one game where you hit three or four just incredible throws. Um, they, it would be just really special if that was this weekend. Um, so, I mean – it could it could happen. Obviously, um, I wouldn't bet on it, but I mean, it, the possibility is there within this offense. And and what you know, if you get get Bama selling out to stop the run, maybe you create a few wide open guys downfield, um, scheme some things up like you did last year, and, and you hit on those. I think that could happen. Um, wouldn't bet on it, but it's certain certainly possible, and it has happened against Alabama before. These well, guys just go off against them. That. Yeah, go ahead, John. To, to the playoff game against Ohio State mm. with Cardell Jones, you third, a third-string quarterback for Ohio State, comes in there and beats uh, Nick Saban uh, in Alabama in a college football playoff semifinal game. I mean, he wasn't – and so much was made of him, how he played in the playoffs, he ended up – that was kind of an aberration. He didn't make it in the NFL, of course. But, yeah, I think there's there's some potential there. But I think you can you can raise your game, but you can't become somebody else. I mean, I don't see him becoming Tim Tebow down there inside the 10-yard line. But what if, just, John? Yeah, he, you know that tantalizes those coaches. Or you, from Texas. you know those coaches, though, are going – Listen, I think somebody went to him at halftime. I have anybody tell me this, but I'm going to say this again on the air. I said it earlier in the week. I'm going to say it again. I think, John, somebody went to him at halftime when he ran out of bounds and then ran out in that fourth down deal. And I think somebody went to him and said, Joe, you can't do that here. You won't keep your job. You can't do that. You, you need to start running the ball and finishing runs. Because he was a different guy in the second. Now, granted, he threw the interception, and it was, you know, whatever. But he all of a sudden had some spark to him, like they like they woke him up, like they gave him smelling salts or something. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, he's a big, strong guy. But let's go back to the Florida game. Yeah. It's this, I know Florida isn't as good as Alabama, but you go back, it's the same kind of setting. A longtime rival against whom you've had very little success, you're playing yeah. on their home field, and that's the game to to raise your level of play and to make these uh, legendary plays that people would remember, like Josh Dobbs did, unfortunately had Butch Jones dragging him down. But yep. I, I just... I guess it could happen, but I'm kind of like Matt. I sure wouldn't uh, bet on it. It may happen. Uh, but, you see, I again, we get back. I, I can't look at this game without looking at both quarterbacks. Jalen Milrow has the potential to shrug off a defender racing into the backfield, about to sack him, sh- bouncing off him and running 70 yards. He really does. Yeah, he does. He's got that kind of strength and that kind of speed. He gets into your secondary. He runs a four five forty, and it he looks the part when you see him running. He looks like he's running faster than that. So yeah, I think it could go either way, and that's why this is such an intriguing game. And one thing when I think about Alabama's offense, where it doesn't get much help, you got to run a quarterback who can run and make big plays, set up for the play action. But Alabama doesn't run the ball well. They're pedestrian, man. This is the worst. I I can't think of another season in in which uh, Nick Saban's running game was so absent. Cole Kubelik said that their line is so big, John, that it's backfired on them. Matt, what was his exact over over three fifty? Matt, what was his the exact way Cole put that? This is why you you don't need the heroic performance from Milton to win. You just need him to just be pretty good and not not get you beat and make make plays that are there. I'd love to see you don't need him to go out and be Joe Burrow or or, you know throw for four hundred yards or like you just need him to to just manage the game well and take take the plays that are there. And not get you beat. And my point, though, is if you can get a guy that like the guy he was in the second half and get him out there running some guys over and get some extra yards, because I do think they're going to load the box. I do think they're going to take a running game away. And I think they're going to put the ball game in his hands. And, they're, you know, and, and part of that will be maybe, well, not maybe about it. He's going to have to run with the football if they're going to be successful. He just is. I know he doesn't want to do it. I know he doesn't want to do it. I, you know, you know what's interesting about him? He doesn't want to do it until he gets around the goal line because he likes scoring touchdowns. No offense to him, but that's that's who he is. I'm not it, knocking the guy. Not, it's the truth. It, <laughs> what's funny is that kind of goes against his lack of desire to get hit because when you're trying to run it into the goal line, he wants to right, score later. and do all that stuff and all the Cam Newton, you know, he wants it, to do it that stuff. It feels like when it's a design quarterback run, his mentality is to be a running back on that play. But when he scrambles or gets flushed from the pocket, he's trying to avoid contact like a quarterback. It's really weird. It's a great point because that ball he took against San Antonio, John, when he turned that thing up, I did not think he could run that fast. It was a blur. He's faster than he is quick. I mean, he can once he gets going, he is really fast. But he doesn't have that when we talked about earlier about his maneuverability in the pocket. It's just not there. He's not agile in the backfield. So we'll go to the phones. I, 
Kevin Skorbinski made one made one great analogy that rings true with me right now. I was thinking about it the other night. I was watching the Sillies play. The Sillies right now are pounding the baseball. Kevin said Alabama's offense is a lot of strikeouts, a lot of strikeouts, but some home runs. It's what they're doing. He said they're playing baseball. And it's interesting, John, because Tennessee's offense is very few home runs. And if ten, if you go out there Saturday and they hit a couple home runs on you, we're in big trouble. Because we don't have the ability to do that. We just don't. We don't have a passing game to do that. And it's not just Milton. These freaking guys that drop these damn long balls, that is annoying. It's annoying. It's Division maybe I football. Maybe they won't drop them against uh, uh, Alabama. Maybe. maybe they will have that extra focus. Do you think... What's odd to me, uh, your guest you've had on, and, and we've kind of said the same thing, we all give Tennessee a great chance. Maybe we don't think Tennessee will win, but we think it will lose a get, It will be a close game. So why is the line as high as it is, do you think? <clears throat> Lee told me, it's and my gambling buddies. Factor. Well, no, Lee and C told me that it is, it is not Saban. It is the, it's the modeling. It is what the modeling says. It's what the computers say, that it's a one-and-a-half score game. But I I look at this thing and I go, kind of like that Michigan-Michigan State game, you're going to tell me in a rivalry game that that line's 24 points? Night game up there, you're going to tell me that game starts 24 to nothing? I'm winning 24 to nothing? I'll sign up for that. I don't know. Michigan State's really bad and Michigan's really good. Yeah, but all you got to do is score twice. All you got to do is score 14 points. Well, see, I was convinced that Georgia was going to cover 31 against Vanderbilt, and everybody I said that to said, no, Georgia just doesn't do that. They they, they have games where they play up down to their competition, and I that's thought, what happened. I thought I was special on Friday. Let's go to the phones. 865-200-5402. John's not trying to diminish my one moment in the sun of being correct on one pick in my life. But let's go to the phones again. Our next call in on a John Adams Thursday. Matt Dixon's in the house. Brian Hartman's here. I'm Tony Basilio. Hello and welcome in. What's up, fellas? This is Greg from Atlanta. Hey, Greg in Atlanta. Welcome in, my brother. Hey, good show. Good show, Tony. Um, <clears throat> hey, I'm just, I'm just wondering, just to harp on your um, receivers dropping passes. I'm wondering if we should not start Chaz Nimrod and Caleb Webb opposite Squirrel White. Caleb Webb had a holding last week, which was bad. It was ticky-tack. It's a horrendous call. Yeah, I didn't see it. But to my knowledge, every time this guy gets in the game, he makes a contested catch when it's thrown to him. Some of these other guys, and Chaz Nimrod, he was covered two times last week like pass interference style and caught the ball. Mm-hmm. And, and we got Thornton. Well, nobody's talking about this play. What about that play that went off Thornton's shoulder right on him and McAllen Castles ended up catching that ball and making a first down? <laughs> yeah. Nobody even talks about that. That was a horrible drop. He drops everything. Ramel Keaton got butterfingers this year. I'm not sure what's up with him. But these young guys, I mean, they – they need to get in the fire more. What do you think, Matt? Uh, 
it, it, I mean, I don't know how well Caleb Webb doesn't practice and it, I don't, it'd be hard to throw two guys out there that really haven't played much, you know, against Alabama on the road. Um, that, that might be a recipe to have a lot more miscommunication and things, but you definitely got to get better production out, out of your, your receivers. And, and Keaton's been a, a big disappointment this year. He's been, I mean, he's been in a slump since he, he dropped that deep shot on the second possession against Virginia. Hey, Brian, how many touchdowns do we have midway through the season wide receivers have caught? What's that number, Brian? Yeah, I came up with this yesterday. Let me let me go yeah. find that again. I think it's like uh, what's well, under ten. It's crazy. It's crazy yeah. how unproductive Greg these guys have been. And to your point, um, it's untimely drops. The kid from Oregon, like Matt was saying the other day, is still having trouble lining up properly. It, it, I want to say five. Five. I think five. Yeah, Warren. This team has, is John just shook his head. Warren has three himself. This team's five and one. Yes, and then Caleb Webb has has the other one. This team's one. five and one. Hi, he caught five versus Bama last year. Hello. I mean, this team's five and one. I, when something's not working, as Greg points out, I mean, why wouldn't you try something different I agree. sometimes? I agree. I mean, if it it's might- not working. Uh, Maybe not start both of them, but get them in there together. I agree with you. They look like two live, long, lean, lanky kids as well. Uh, and I hate the term catch radius, but this Nimrod guy has shown the ability, which with Joe Milton in games, you need this to catch balls behind him. Yeah, and Caleb uh, Webbs is, is actually uh, down here from Marietta by me. Nice. Uh, McEachern High School. Um, he's a big kid. Yes, like he's, he's physical. He looks maybe a little thin, but he, he's a physical kid. Well, and, look, mean, the 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 big catch radius guys, the big talk catch radius guys, might be what you need with Milton. I, I'm not trying to be funny here. Look, the first pass last week was behind on a crossing route. Was I'm not sure there's another guy on our roster so far this year who's shown that they would make that catch. Uh, that Nimrod made last week. I don't know that yeah. there is anybody on our roster that makes that catch. I agree, and I believe his second pass was was kind of a post about a fifteen yard, and that the defensive back was all over his back, and he still caught still it, caught it to the ground. He's a nice yeah. player. He's going to be a nice player. Yeah, I, b- I believe we got a couple of young guys that can that can play, um, and I, I just have a feeling we need to. Keep the home run ball down. If you have to grab them because they're running by you, take 15 yards because they, they can't score any other way than the deep pass. Hey, John, Sean said that yesterday, Sean Sinclair. He said this is the one game where, like Greg said, I'm, tack- I'm telling my guys in the secondary, if a guy gets behind you, tackle him. If you bite on a play, reach out and just grab him. Reach out and touch somebody, as Ashford and Simpson once said. And hey, well, they might not even call it. They might not even call it in this in this this year in the league. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and they'll it, it, they'll you, call it Saturday in Tuscaloosa. Interesting. Well, more than likely, well, but say there's always a chance. Thank you, Greg. Good talking to you. Well, you 
you know, you always look, what does an opponent do best? That's kind of the yeah. Bill Belichick manual. You try and take away what an opponent does best. If you can take, take away the deep ball with Alabama, what's your greatest concern? It's not really good in the red zone, uh, I don't think, just from watching it. No. I can't cite stats, but... It doesn't no, have an overwhel- It doesn't have an overwhelming running game. Nope. There's no running back with Alabama. He said, "Oh my gosh, I hope he doesn't break the line." There's no Jameer Gibbs back there. There's certainly no Najee Harris nope. or, or Derrick Henry. Look at all the the formidable running backs Alabama's had through the years. They don't have them, and that that to me really raises a significant question. Alabama keeps recruiting top five classes every year. With that in mind, how could he come up so lacking at quarterback, at running back, at wide receiver? At offensive and line? In the offensive line. The entire offense. When you recruit that many play, good four- and five-star nope. players, it's never had a bad recruiting year under Saban. You do all that, how can none of them be better than what they are? I don't get that. Such a golden opportunity for this Tennessee team. It's just like, I mean, it just is. And look, if I, I'm not going to say what I'm thinking, but this is a golden opportunity to win down there. I don't want to say it's just laying there, but if it's managed properly, it's just laying there. This is a very beatable team. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tony, Joshy boy. Wings. Matt, uh, Matt Dixon, you're welcome. I bet on your Astros to win last night. Boom. Are you riding them? Are you riding them today? No, uh, no chance. I bet on that stiff Uquity pitching for the Astros today. I like the over more in that game. What do you think, Matt? Uh, yeah, as, as long as guys aren't aren't robbing home runs over the fence or making diving stops, uh, there's there's been a lot of hitting and a, a lot of scoring in in all in all these games. I, I think that'll probably continue to, tonight. Scherzer looked roached last night, guys. Roached. Well, he had pitched in a month. That was just roached. an awful spot to put him in. Yeah. He's not exactly known for being like a, a clutch playoff pitcher like to begin three with. Three months. He's on the Greg Maddox plan. Yeah. Yeah, Matt, uh, you think they have a chance to win tonight, the Astros? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. They have a chance to win all these guys. I think they're 7-1 and one when they play in Arlington this year. Um, hey, John, is anything good to make? They're so good on the road, but it, it, it'll, be a, it'll be interesting to see. If they, if they can win tonight, they, have a, they it can at least make it a, a competitive series. Hey, John, yeah. seven straight ALCSs. Can't play at home this year at all. Uh, can can play on the road as much as just just will go into people's parks and just win like it's not even there. You don't think these guys know how to win, do you? Who do you think I'm cool. cheering for as a Phillies fan? Who who would I like to see? I want the freaking Astros, Chris Burke, right in the middle of the squared circle. I want to run it back from last year, big boy. You, uh, Be you careful what see... you wish for, Tony. Big Tony, boy. Tony, you don't want to see that Rangers team, I tell you. I want to run it back with the Astros. The Rangers will be a layup. 
Phillies, Phillies are winning it all. They'll, they'll, be, they'll beat either of those teams. Yeah, uh, thank you, Matt. Especially the Rangers. Thank you, but, Matt, uh, for your vote of confidence. Tony, I have a question for John Adams. Yes. John, uh, Missouri and South Carolina play Saturday. That's uh, the 3-30 dark, dark match uh, SEC network game. Do you we think, call it the uh, dark match, John. Yeah. The line right now in the over-under 60, do you think there will be a lot of scoring in that game? Very much so. I think there will be more scoring from Missouri. Um, Missouri's uh, defense really wilted against LSU. It's given up some big plays. Uh, but I really like Missouri to win that game, and I like it to cover. South Carolina's defense is as bad as anybody's. It could give up 45 to Missouri. Where is that game? I forgot. Is it in uh, it's is it that's in Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. yeah. They're both Columbias. Cuervo Gold, the fine Columbia. Tony, uh, here's a hot take uh, for everybody on the right. panel. I think uh, Brady Cook is the best quarterback in the SEC. Not even close. What? Have you seen LSU play? Yeah, I have, John. Uh, Daniels is good. He's really good. Don't get me wrong, but I... I'd Wait. take Brady Cook over. I agree with Joshy. I would take Brady Cook over him. Yeah, right Jay Daniels only averaging 400 yards per game. He, he's going to combust for it's over. He could win the Heisman. He he's, could go into he could go into Tuscaloosa. He's going to spontaneously combust, Josh. I'm with your concept on that. By the way, the number seven and a half. At Zen, are you still playing seven and a half, John, in that game? Yeah. What would you uh -huh. play it up to? What would you play it up to for the cover? I'd play it up to 13. I agree with that. Seven and a half seems like a complete and total layup. First of all, they don't play well away from home. Secondly, they don't have an offensive line. But I will say this, Missouri's defense is horrendous. And you yeah, said the but, you said yeah. the point total in the game, Josh, is it's at sitting at sixty flat right now. Sixty well, flat. I, I can see South Carolina scoring thirty one and Missouri scoring thirty eight. Joshy boy, what is your as favorite? As the what is your power play? One power play of the weekend. Give some advice right now. You're a pony player here. Can it be any play? Any play on the whole wide board. All right, this is a get-in, get-out play for me, Tone. I like North Carolina, first half, minus 13.5 against Virginia. You heard it here they first. easily cover that against Virginia. They'll be up 21 at halftime, I'm calling it. Josh, you're the man. Much love to you. Might cover Incredible phone call. In that one. I'll tell you Where one is thing. that game? Is it at? North Carolina. Where is it, Brian? It's at North Carolina. It doesn't matter where. It's at North Carolina, but it doesn't matter. They're going to destroy Virginia. So you just heard Man, John Adams. Look at North Carolina's schedule and find the losses before their last two games. I, Does it play Florida State this year? I can't find the losses. I don't believe they do, John. They're working yeah. on a sneaky good season here. And they have an elite quarterback. They might be a, yep. a, a playoff team and i'll remind the living listener two things i found that i'm going to share with you about alabama on the other side because I, I i learned a little golden nugget today that i want to share with the living listener uh regarding alabama's quarterback situation but i do want to say that man it's week eight already 
John likes that Carolina team to go in there and get hammered by Missouri this week. I think that's true. So we're going to take Mizzou minus 7.5 to roll them like a joint cigarette uh, this weekend, Herbie Hancock. And my friends at Zen Sports want to remind you that it's week eight. No better time for you to make the switch. A friend of mine, I was talking to him today, he said, Tony, I'm making a switch. He said, because uh, my folks are playing games with me, just like you said they would. Look, fastest growing sports book in Tennessee, revolutionizing the way you bet on sports because they've got a cash rewards program that you just don't find. Use the promo code TNTONY, find out what I'm talking about. Put that promo code TNTONY right in the box. Get a welcome bonus, 5% cash back on your betting volume, first 15 days. That's your entire handle, 5% cash back, cash in your pocket, cash in your account. You can withdraw it, boom. And then the more you bet, the more you earn. Plus, refer friends to Zen Sports. You can get referral bonus code. They'll give you your own referral bonus code, and you can get 3% of their betting volume back to you first six months that they play over on Zen Sports. No cap on how many players you can bring into the system. No limit on the number of players you can refer. I mean, you can be gambling for free before it's over. You bring enough people in, it's beautiful. And as with all rewards of Zen Sports, straight cash, no funny money, no credits. So uh, Joshy Boy just told you he's got a first-half play. Virginia getting blowed out in the, in the first half. Take uh, the number with... Uh, your North Carolina Tar Heels and those beautiful uniforms and quit wasting your time and your money betting with other sports books. Zen Sports, good friend. Zen Sports. Download today on the App Store or at zensports.com. Your wallet is going to thank you later. 800-889-9789 if you have a gambling problem. Terms and conditions apply. 21 and over in the state of Tennessee to bet. And when we come back, i got to share with these guys and you what I learned about Alabama, this quarterback situation, the whole Milrow thing, him running or not running, and what's going on behind the scenes as we continue after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. 
Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. So I want to encourage you to go uh, over to your Knoxville News Sentinel and give them a subscription. Click in uh, John's uh, column and give them a subscription. 
It uh, it helps keep uh, it helps keep hope alive. Support your local journalism. Let's go back to the phones. Check us out over at tclub.team every day with our free factual blog. X is working on some stuff for uh, recruiting. It is a wild time. Let's go back to, well, let's let's do this. Let's go to our friends in, in X spaces and get Jay Carve in the hunt with us. Carve, how you doing? Thanks, guys. Um, real quick, Tony, you guys are firing me up. But this is, uh, you know, a few times that I've taken in the show on Twitter spaces. And I got to tell you, it's next level. <laughs> but, uh <laughs> I'm not very confident uh, this week, and I'm looking at it from a defensive perspective. And uh, yeah, and Bama has, I think, the better matchup. There's going to be ways that uh, you know they can go down Tennessee's great speed rush with the screen game and maybe draws, you know. But 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 I do agree that Milton definitely has to run uh, the ball this week. That you know, for us to have a chance to win. And you know what, Carve, if he can, and I appreciate you being there, if he can, you're not only a live dog, like you're going to win the game. If if we can get him into that mindset somehow that he got into in the second half, the, the problem is it's just not a natural thing for him. It's just not. And you can't make people what they're not. He is right, though, John. They are going to defensively, they're going to take advantage. They'll have some stuff uh, dialed up for our ends. Well, Tony, go back to the Ole Miss game. Alabama, I think, held Ole Miss to 10 points. That's pretty significant. That's that's a high-scoring, big-yardage team in Alabama. Pretty much shut them down. Carve, thank you. Great, great, great point uh, from that gentleman. And I appreciate him jumping in with us uh, on Twitter Spaces. Let's go back to our phones uh, and get our next call in the hunt and in the mix with us on a day where, oh, boy, the show's moving quickly. We'll do like a half hour TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime. Reminder for you, tomorrow we're live, Calhoun's on the river. Dale Jones is going to be with us tomorrow. Um on the show somehow brian is he coming in person or is he gonna join us on the phones where, where is dale right now brian do we no, know he'll he'll be he'll be on the phone i believe okay guy i love him and i guess he's out of coaching he's just yeah. enjoying life his impassioned plea last year and the way he broke down crying talking about that game johnny made one of the most uh one of the iconic plays in the series the tip pass interception to himself. I believe that was against uh, Shola down there. I believe that's right. That was a lot of bad things happened to Alabama under Mike Shula. Uh, that brings up a good point, and I don't know if the players appreciate this, but what they do in this Alabama game lasts for a long time. It's a forever memory for so many Tennessee fans, and you it could just be one play. Yep. And that makes you part of Tennessee lore. If you can make that kind of game-turning play against Alabama and Tennessee wins. Hyatt, 30 years from now, will be back on that campus with his family, visiting, 
and people will walk up to him, and they're not going to say, hey, I remember you won the first in school history, Blitnikoff Award. They're going to say, I remember those two catches you had at midfield, that one in the fourth quarter over that safety, and, man, you got to meet this Jalen. This guy's a legend. Let's go to our phones. Hello and welcome in. Hello, Brian. Hello, Dixie. Hello, John. Hello, Shepard. It sounds like none other than Polly Joe, the Pojo. man of Polly descent. PJ. PJ. Pojo, as they, as they call him in his hood. Before I get going, I need to talk to John real quick. Uh, Mr. Adams, did you listen to the show the last two days? Uh, I didn't listen to it, but I heard some things about it. Were you involved? I was not, but I'm calling for a friend. Our friend Titans Bill, the Hall of Fame caller, got destroyed two days in a row by Mr. Basilio. Well, that's the only word that comes to mind is sad. He's a valued caller, and I think sometimes Tony doesn't appreciate that. Remember that day when we, you ran the show for Tony and Titans Bill called and said that Tony really hurt him that, when he won't let him talk about the Titans? Yeah, and he didn't say that at first. He, he said how much of a dear friend uh, Tony was to him. But the more we talked and the more I basically interrogated him, it came out that, yeah, that was a problem for him. It, it did hurt. It hurt to the core. You know, John, I got a text from several friends. Here I am at the beach, right? Mm-hmm. Playing music on the side, on the boardwalk. No, no joke. Uh-huh. My phone is going, because I keep the buzzer on. Because the kids mm-hmm. are down at the beach, you know, and if Laura needs me, you know, I keep the buzzer on. I'm getting like a leg massage. Or I'm getting so many texts, okay? And um, they're like, what did you do to John? And, and I go, I, I, they go, man, they are on here having a festivus. On you, on your, it's like a Basilio grievance session, and people were just calling in, and that cheap shot artist Freddie Jack called in and <laughs> cheap shot at me and compared me to Spaghettios instead of uh, real Italian food, and which is those are fighting words, Freddie Jack, if you're listening. But Titans Bill, uh, I've come to the conclusion is a lot like Alabama's passing game. It's a home run or a strikeout, mm. and he's like over five this week, and we're only uh, three days into it. What I've noticed well. is when I what I've noticed is guys is when Cinco and Tony are together, man, it's straight like old WWF tag team on Four Titans Bill. That's what I've noticed. Yeah, Cinco's not a big uh, Titans Bill fan. I don't think he likes him at all, in fact. So real quick, um, it was funny, Tony, to me that you brought up the great Butch Jones today. Yep. And you remember, you you know, Botch, you used to call him Botch. Botchy boy. Yeah, Botchy boy. But um, remember when he wanted us to celebrate eight victories? He probably wanted you to celebrate seven. John, he had his kids carry him off the field down there in Nashville. There had to be be money exchange hands there. He said to him, would you guys carry me over there? According to a support person I know. 
couldn't couldn't have been spontaneous. No, heck no. And remember when he used to say year zero, year one, basically lowering expectations. That's what he was king at. It kind of reminds me of a top five basketball team in the country's first press conference. And all he wants to do is talk about all the injuries he's got, not the team he has. And the other similarity I see between those two is when it comes March, I, 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 it, the rich ruins things getting old. So I think I added a name. When it comes March, it's RBB, not RB. It's Rich Bocci Ruins. Have a good day, boys. It's John, have you ever played bocce ball? You familiar with that? You having your Italian roots down there in Louisiana? Well, there were some Italians, not in my neighborhood, but there were some in the vicinity. No, I, I don't. I never played that. I, I, you familiar I, with it? The, the yard yeah. game, bocce ball? Yeah. You throw the little ball out there and you throw the balls and you. It's like horseshoes. Yeah, it sounds yeah. very entertaining. Those of us that grew up in the 70s, and I think in the 60s you had it too, John, lawn darts. They're, they're, that was a safe game for kids to play with the <laughs> the darts with the tips on the end of it made of concrete flying through the air. John, think about how nuts the 70s were and the 60s. When we were well, kids. I think <clears throat> about the, uh, the, the, yeah. the kind of playgrounds you had back then where it was like a uh, Navy Hello. SEALs training ground. We had a... <laughs> We had a kid in our neighborhood who made a bomb one time. He took his dad's buckshot, and he could get access to it, and he cut open the he cut open the shells, and he poured the gunpowder into a coffee can, and he lit it and put it in the he put it in the ground, <laughs> buried it, and lit it. If you did something like that today. That thing, when yeah. he lit that thing and we got away from it, that thing went ba-boom. It's like a Folgers can. And speaking of the darts, in 1972, stationed yeah. at Fort Riley, Kansas, living in a dilapidated trailer at the Holiday Trailer Park, uh, we got it. We, I worked on the Post paper. I was editor, and we had all these photos, these 8 by 10s of General Westmoreland, Richard Nixon, Spiro Agnew, one, one person... One of our uh, proud military men would be sitting on a couch, and we'd have on the wall, we'd have the 8 by 10 of, say, Westmoreland above his head. Of course, we weren't huge fans of the Vietnam War at the time since we could have been deployed there, and some of our compatriots were. But anyway, we, and the other person would throw darts at the photo with this guy sitting right under it. That, that was a safe game. He was sitting between where the photos were and the person throwing the darts. He's sitting on a couch. Good above, night. On the wall behind Almighty. Him. And Let's the go. wall on the wall behind him was an eight was by a ten. Different day of, back uh, then, boy. General Westy or, or Spiro. Back to the phones we go. <laughs> Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey T. Yo. Z man, how are you? Hey Zayer. Hey. Uh, this uh, I want to. I haven't heard anybody talk about this, so I, I'd like to just propose something to you guys, and this will take a lot more brain cells than Polly Joe's call. But um, boy, Polly Joe's always um, emo he's really, really, really stimulating uh, to my brain. 
He's a good guy. He went above and beyond for me and at, at my house and cleaning there. Nice. Well, you you've met the pole. You've met the poldy. Awesome, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, because his um have his phone calls. I feel like somebody took my brain and put it in formaldehyde. But go ahead. <laughs> um. So, I think if you look at the uh, just like what we've got a sample size, a small sample size, and um. Maybe Nashville Lee knows a little bit more in this as well, but one thing that has been consistent in the portal era for quarterbacks is the guys that have exceeded the most, that have had the most success, went to college to learn how to be a college student, college player, and they transferred, and they're in their second year of that school they transferred. When you look around like Penix, when you look at the Bo Nix, when you look at Hooker, when you look at uh, uh, the guy at Oklahoma, when you look at um, multiple quarterbacks, uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but multiple quarterbacks. And this is what concerns me about Heifel not even allowing the freshman to even get any look whatsoever early on in the season. Because I understand he sees him in practice, but you and I both know practice and games are, you know, bullets are flying in games and they're not in practice a lot of times. And so what concerns me is if we don't go to the transfer portal era, we go into next year with the hardest schedule that we've had in years with essentially a true freshman quarterback, although he's been in the system for for a long time, yes. you know, for a while. He, as far as his experience, it's like, you know, like throwing a true freshman out there, so to speak, in, in, in some regard. And that, that's what makes me concerned is if we felt like it, we needed to know what we had, I feel like, in order to, to know how to go to the portal. Because guys that have gone to the portal and got guys that actually can play, and, I, and Milton's the anomaly here. Milton's the, the Milton is the like the exception to the rule, but most of these guys who have transferred and they're in their second year, they which ball. worries me about Florida and Graham Mertz next year, uh, of just continuing to get better and better. Those guys have excelled. What do you guys think of that, John? And thank yeah, you, that's, that's a really good point. Great observation. You you go back to but guys like Baker Mayfield to uh, Jalen Hurt. Uh, Kyler Murray, I think, transferred from A&M. All these guys that they excelled on their second stop, Tennessee was really in an unusual situation. I mean, you look at this team now, you look at the offensive struggles, and the obvious question is, why didn't Tennessee get a transfer? If it doesn't trust Nico to put him in there as a true freshman, and Joe Milton's going uh, – 11 to 22 for 100 yards and throwing an interception, a key interception. Why did you think this would work out so well? But the problem, I think, with Tennessee was in a, such an odd situation. You had Joe Milton played really well against Clemson in the Orange Bowl. That's the kind of Joe Milton you can win with. Uh, then Nico comes out, maybe the best recruit in the country, and you got those two guys. So what quarterback, he's got one transfer move, why would he come to Tennessee? Uh, 
I mean, if Joe Milton hadn't played... This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Columbia. Take 5 is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. Visit their newest location at 1203 South James Campbell Boulevard and take advantage of their $15 off grand opening special. That's right, $15 off any oil change, Columbia. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. They're faster than you think. Join the Columbia Noon Rotary Club on Saturday, November 11th for Pancake Day. This long-standing event has been serving the best pancakes in town since 1959. Eat in or carry out, your ticket includes pancakes, sausage, and your choice of beverage. Pancake Day will be held from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Memorial Building on West 7th Street. Tickets can be purchased at the door or from any Noon Rotary member, and the cost is $10 each or 3 for $25. Children 6 and under eat free. Proceeds from Pancake Day benefit several Rotary community projects, including scholarships for local students. See you November 11th. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.